It's another Monday, Johnny. Another talk about that, man. What a year it's been. Twenty twenty one is uh, happening all around us. With I saw our consent. I saw a tweet today, and it said, "I'm sorry to tell you this, but 2021 is just two 2020s in a trench coat stacked <laughs> on each other." So, what we thought was a new year uh-huh. is actually it's a yeah. And we have a lot of important stuff to talk about today. But before we do, I want to tell you something. I have two words. A for word you. from our sponsors. Uh, two two words. For okay. You. Ted Lasso. Did you watch? I'm in it right now. Don't tell me anything. I'm okay, in it. No, I, just, I, I think I just finished episode four. And I know I recommended it last week, and I don't want people. To, I know we're kind of a family show to a lot of people, but I would not say Ted Lasso is necessarily a family show. I would say the spirit behind it is so wholesome that right. I can overlook that there is definitely some language. And There's content. language. There's some adult content in it, but it's one of the most wholesome things I've ever watched. It's a wholesome character in yeah. An unwholesome environment. So I, Johnny, I know isn't that, that like, just like all might, of us? It is. Some people might take that and be like, he recommended Ted Lasso and calls himself a, whatever. You can do whatever you want with yeah. your entertainment. Yeah. I, I, if you can, yeah. That's the, I just I preface it by saying that because I know, I think my my buddy Marty recommended it to me, another comedian friend of mine, Sean, who has six children. He's oh, like, yeah. you got to watch it. And they sat down and all started watching oh, it. And no. he was just like, Marty, there's been a lot of F-bombs. You know? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> no, I don't. But I will say, uh, oh, I can't say that. I can't say that. Oh, now you're already censoring yourself. Yeah, sorry. I, I, I just, I just, I met my child's at the age. Oh, okay. Of where she's not watching Ted Lasso with us, but uh, she is watching, she's watching Game of Thrones. She, no, <laughs> come on. She's watching a show that was a network show, so yeah. it was going to be you know clean. It was back from. I'll just say it. So my my daughter is watching old Alias episodes. Oh, with, sure. With my mom. Yeah. Upstairs, mom is is yeah. like going back and watching Alias. It's the first time my kid is like engaged in plot. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like she's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe what happened when Sloan, you know, the airplane and the, like she's in cliffhangers and there's a little bit of, but then I go also, you know, there's, there's, um, you know, they're involved in adult relationships and those things in that show. It's a spy show, you know, so there's yeah. killing and other stuff. And I think back to my childhood and think, I mean, it wasn't like an un, it wasn't like we were unregulated or anything. It's just... Like, you ever watch The Goonies? When's the last time you watched The Goonies? Uh, I can't remember, yeah. The number of, of like, GDs and oh, other right. things there's in, a lot. in The kids. Goonies. And, like, there's just... That was a kid's movie. Yeah. Like, we loved it. That's the I remember movie. when I watched uh, Stand By Me. You ever see Stand By Me? Yeah, where the kids yeah. are just like, you're like whoa. Mm-hmm. I had my mouth washed out with soap if I talked like this as a kid. But then there's something about it, too. You're like... Who kids can talk like this? Like it's a, when you're watching as a teenager, you're like, I had no idea this was a world open to me. Well, I always ask, say is like, well, look, just because you hear something, are you going to go say it? Like, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, and I don't make a big deal about cuss words in my house. Simply, be- now, I may make like a like a, hey, don't say that. Yeah, but we don't, you know. And I just always tell her, like, I think that's beneath you. That's why I always tell her, it's just beneath you. Well, is it, we've talked about that before, didn't? It? Is it Lewis C.S. Lewis or Chesterton said? Uh, uh, Foul language is not a crime against God. It's a crime against civilization or, right. or civil, civilized society. Yeah. And so when you see somebody who just can't can't express themselves without cursing, right. that is usually a, a – le- it's a less educated way to express yourself. But that's not to say that a, a properly placed curse word does right. not make me – it gets a it gets a response. If it's somebody that never curses and you see them kind of lose their cool and they curse – I never judge that person. I'm like, look, they're at their wits end or whatever. Like, I just right. don't think of it the same way as somebody who's just like, 
making truckers blush over here with their dirty <laughs> jokes or whatever. Like that's just a different vibe to me. And maybe I'm wrong. And maybe uh, watching the Goonies is going to send me to hell. And uh, send your cards and letters, folks, if that's the case. Yeah, I don't know. It's like one of those. It. it, it I've never wanted to tie things like that to Sadie's confidence in yeah. who she is in Christ. That's a real thing. You know, I was scared to say words like that. Mm-hmm. But. It wasn't just because I wanted to be pleasing to God. But we had all our replacement words that we would we'd oh, say freaking yeah. we'd and we'd say, say crap and we'd listen. say like and we thought we were better for, than those people because we but yeah. what were, what was the real word we were replacing in our heart with it? You well, know correct. And, 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 and again, like again, when when the scriptures are written, the English language didn't exist. Yeah, it's not like the real f word and freaking are any real. There, there's not any difference. It's yeah. just the difference of the way people perceive it. It's still just a word. And yeah, the I, the worst sin for me is that I have faux righteousness now in myself, thinking I'm better because I mean I think that's worse than cussing. So I've explained all that to Sadie. I don't know if that's going to backfire on me, <laughs> <laughs> but this is one of those things. Like I just I'm just it's hard. Sadie's a gangster rapper now, and guys, so she uh, her album's dropping. Yeah, she was telling me the day because uh, you know she listens to music and she'll listen to the clean version or whatever. She's like, I just feel like music has a lot of. Uh, cuss words maybe more these days than the old days i was like honey <laughs> the old days like in <laughs> our great. days there are people like easy e and others like oh yeah it was the most filthy foul mouth i mean just i mean violent you know mm-hmm. i'm sure that i don't listen to a lot of violent rap today johnny so i don't know maybe that's still well even when you talk about uh, what i would call true political correctness like political correctness now we we would describe like people people uh, on both sides of the aisle say political correctness when they mean speech that I wish could be censored. I think all the people are politically correct uh, because you said something inflammatory, right. and they want to get away with it. They're like, "Oh, you're trying to stifle me with the whatever." Uh, True political correctness, like to think about a movie in the '70s that came out, like Blazing Saddles, that was trying to tackle, written by a Jewish guy, Mel Brooks, who was trying to tackle like racism by kind of lampooning it by showing it in its like most absurd form, right? So that movie is littered with the N-word because you have these Old West caricatures who say the N-word constantly. And then they this black sheriff is brought into town. It's an absurd movie, but that movie could never be made today because people would take it at its face value and say, well, you can't say the N-word, even though he was using that to kind of show racism as being stupid. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that's to me, that's political correctness. When we can't even see we, – we, we cut off our nose to spot our face. Yeah. You know? I mean – I, th- I think, though, some of that is, quite honestly, the death of people's perception of the role of satire. Mm-hmm. I think the reason you couldn't show it today is not just political correctness. I think it's that the average person watching it today would not get it. Yeah. And they would think – they would start using the N-word. Like, that's the thing. Like, they wouldn't – oh, this was meant for me to not because this is stupid and I'm laughing at how stupid you know racism is. I don't mean that to, like – bring everybody down i'm saying there's a real lack of understanding of of different genres it's all just the word now right if a word if a word happens it's on your list of bad words a siren goes off in your head and regardless of context or intent you've decided that that person's intent is wrong uh dave chappelle one of the best sketches ever one of the most uh one of the most scathing uh, uh criticisms of racism uh, was in season one, episode one of Chappelle's show when he did. Do you ever seen this? Mm-mm. Clayton Bigsby. They go do a it's like a documentary thing. It's like six or seven minutes long, but they basically go to the backwoods to find this leader of the KKK, this grand wizard. They go to this this black guy sitting on the porch, and he goes, "Who goes there?" And he goes, "I'm looking for Mr. Bigsby," and it's Chappelle. 
Oh wow! Who's a, and he, then he's blind. Oh, and wow. so basically, he's a black, blind, white supremacist. Wow. So in the movement, he's so strong in the movement, they can't tell him he's black because it would destroy the movement. So he wears the hood at the rallies and nobody knows. And it's it's crazy, like, how brilliant it is. But again, that's something that I'm not sure could be even done today. And that was only a few years ago. That's probably 10 years, maybe 10 or 15 years ago. But it's that thing, of, like you say, our our hot buttons we think we're so much more evolved but we still have this list of things that when we go to approach something like i have comedian friends who have material about race but it's not racist it's race material it's material about race and but just bringing up a concept of race in your act some people start to get tight oh boy here we go what are they gonna do and they get uncomfortable and it's usually on behalf of the other race. It's usually white, uptight white people that get offended on behalf of. Uh, so that's fascinating to me. But I just, uh, like you say, it's our our collective devolving, and we think that we're ev- we think that we're evolving into like more enlightened beings. But just by you know censoring things or or the idea of satire. And I know we're going to have a censorship talk because of the whole First Amendment. The conversation about Twitter. Not yet, Johnny. We stay uh, right here in this happy place. Do we? <laughs> okay. Let's never leave. I don't know if we're in the happy. We kind of went a little. We did. We got a little deep. But again, it almost sounds like I'm going to, you know, have conflicting views. And again, there is some cognitive dissonance these days in my head. We talked about it. Uh, we it's always the best have our place lunch. for cognitive dissonance. Yeah, you don't want to have it outside. But <laughs> this idea of a lot of the market that I go do work in. They may espouse different political beliefs than I have, or they may be, they may feel a lot stronger or they may, you know, and then it's like, what do I do with that? What do they do with me? Once they find out I'm not like in the tank for Donald Trump and I'm just going to like sign off on every single thing the president does, do they, do they make up their mind about me that I'm just not the guy for their event then? Do I make up my mind that I shouldn't do that? You know, that's the weird thing. So yeah, it's it's. I'm living with that, and I'm living with that dissonance of like, all right, I'm against censorship. I'm against. Uh, I'm for pre- free speech, and yet what I feel like happened with, like when I when I see people pointing out that you know the, oh, the president was taken off Twitter, I'm like, he violated their terms. Yeah, he incited viol- I feel like he incited violence. I feel like his rhetoric was indirectly, if not directly, responsible. He shouted fire in a theater. You can't do that. And so to me, that those are different issues than just the, the subtle dumbing down of our knowledge of satire and why, you know, certain, certain political correctness needs to go away. And we need to kind of not be so caught up in how words uh, are inflammatory. We're talking about actual inflammatory words. We're talking about actual militias that were emboldened over the last number of years. Right. And so, yeah, I think these are different issues, but I don't know. I'm sure, I'm sure somebody's going to be like, ah, you believe this, but you don't. But I'm just telling you, it's a, a very nuanced position on this, John. Sure. Well, and again, I think we, so you and I were talking off off the air, you know, about the, and I've listened to several podcasts this week, <clears throat> which just from the timing of ours, we're actually going to be about a week behind, you know, a lot of the events. Yeah. Uh, he was impeached yesterday. So today is Thursday. You guys won't hear this till Monday. So there might be more things that happen that we don't know about between now and then. And that's why we gave you that intro last week on it's, you know, how we were approaching this. But all that being said, I even heard other people on their podcasts open with like, look, this is, this is a historic moment. Um, 
this is a moment that we we want to be super we want to kind of be careful and we also kind of want to be honest on all fronts you know because yeah. it, it it needs to be a service that we, we need to sit in this somewhat and and I totally agree with that there's a grief to this there's also a moment of um I, well I mean again Ed Stetzer wrote an article in the USA today which Ed Stetzer is a huge you know <laughs> conservative faith pastoral leader I mean wrote about the reckoning Mm-hmm. of the evangelical church that you and I honestly have been calling out on here a long time. And this is not, I told you so or anything, but just like, this isn't new. This actually didn't surprise me at all. Yeah. If you there's know, a thread, it, I was telling you that if there's a thread, a through line through our entire podcast, an issue that constantly was brought up from us talking about Kaepernick kneeling to uh, ads for the military in the middle of every football game to all of it, if there's a through line, it's that we constantly were bringing up Christian nationalism and the dangers of it. Yeah. And the fact that we, we have put this, this, the, our love of this country, we've kind of put it above our love of the kingdom. And there is a reckoning coming for that. Well, it can, everything that can be shaken will be. And I mean, that's a really strong scripture because it promises something i actually live that scripture uh if you guys are enneagram people as a counterphobic six like that scripture brings me a lot of comfort because i don't wait for things to fall apart Mm -hmm. when i know they will like i generally try to go change something immediately that's part part of my inability to stay and not let things work out in their own time i'm learning to be better with that part of that is is if i see something that i know can't stand that i know scripture lets me know it won't it, it, it will for a while, but it won't uh, ultimately unless something has changed about its, you know, the way that it is. Yeah. And so um, the danger is, is, is thinking something that can't stand will or that when it didn't stand, that was random and not realizing Christianity and nationalism. And I'm, I'm going to use some strong words here probably, but they're the right scriptural words because I've really been debating this. Like what, what is Johnny? What is the reaction of a pastor? I can start with myself. Like, what am I supposed to say that helps? You know, I put out a video uh, on social media and I really debated it because I just preached a message on digital health and about how, look, every opinion you have doesn't have to be heard, Mm -hmm. you know. But this is one of those things where I felt like it would be more harmful to not say something. But I needed it to, to be right, and so I actually spoke with Jeffrey and Allison about this. Instead of just writing a big thing, we decided I would write it and then and then shoot it as a video, so that you know. And we captioned it and everything. So you guys can go to my Facebook, or you can actually go to talk about that. It's Facebook. We posted it. And the reason I did that was, is I felt like, and I said that in the video. I feel like it's important that those of us who are just normal people leading in ministry that, you know, we call that this, what happened, the reason I did it is people attacked the Capitol with Jesus flags. Mm-hmm. If they didn't have Jesus flags, I'm not sure I make that video. I mean, like I would still have a political viewpoint on this. And as a, as a guy who, you know, studied history and especially presidential history, like this, this is unprecedented for sure. And I'd have a take and I'd have it on the podcast, but yeah, to say, like, I, my lane for this or my way of jumping in, uh, even social media-wise, and I haven't posted since. I thought about posting another one, and maybe I will, maybe I won't. I've got mixed, you know, bag of responses, as I expect. 
But the the main thing that I'm have to point out that is to me a complete black and white scriptural thing is nationalism is idolatry. It's a hard word. It's an idol. Mm-hmm. Now, if you go through recovery, you get a lot less afraid of that word idol. Like if you listen to me say nationalism is idolatry, I'm not saying everybody voted for Trump is in idolatry. I'm not saying that. I'm saying I've been in idolatry so many times in my life that I'm not so shocked by that word. Yeah. Because I have come to know better the exact nature of my sin. <laughs> and that's what recovery has done for me. I know the exact nature of my pride, my manipulation, my fear and, and need for the approval of people. I'm learning it better every day. But that is freeing to me. Those things are idols. Those things that I that, that do get placed ahead of God always inadvertently. It's rare that I'm like, you know what I'm going to do today, Johnny? I think I'm going to need this person to send me this email and I'm going to let myself lose all my confidence over it until I get that email because I'm not secure in Christ. But that's, that's your idolatry. At some point, like, why am I not secure regardless of the outcome of this email? If Christ is sovereign and controls my life and cares for me deeply, it yeah. all comes back to this deeply embedded view that I, I lose all the time, which is why I need the gospel, which is why I need real people and real community that we remind each other, encourage each other, sharpen each other. And we keep building on that foundation. Any other foundation is something that will be shaken. And I found and I, how you engage civically or politically. And I think there's a lot of ways to do that. I was listening to a great podcast um, called uh, Church Politics. It's Justin Gibbons. They wrote a book. Uh, called Compassion and Conviction, and their whole organization is called the AND Campaign. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Saying. AND Campaign is great stuff if you guys want to go listen to you know, viewpoints much more intelligent than mine on these things. But this idea of there's a way for me to engage that also keeps me grounded on the right foundation. I'm not trying to make politics the house that I am living in. The house that I'm living in is a gospel house. The place that I may go to work or visit or go other places is a political house. But when I try to make that political house built on this foundation of yeah. the gospel, this cannot stand. And and most politicians throughout time who are believers would say that and agree with that. Um, we've been trying to say that, and I think, in, in different ways. And so and there's no, like, gloating or like I, we're so grieved and, like, upset. This is a bad— Yeah, no, I feel a ton of anxiety. It's horrible. Because it's like when you see something like this, people break into the Capitol. It's like the cockroaches that you see when you turn on the kitchen light lets you know there's a million in your walls. Yeah. Like there's a lot of people who want who wanted to be there. There's a lot of militias. There's a lot of people on whatever QAnon forum or whatever. Like they're out there in these plots. Like now we're going to have to live with this for the next how many ever years of just like them trying to tamp down these little insurrections this is the tip of the iceberg as far as ideologically of what's out there. If there were people this emboldened to go do this. So now the inauguration's going to have to be locked down. It already was going to be different because of COVID. We knew that. But now we're going to have the first inauguration that's going to be kind of like this weird live stream event. It's not going to be a celebration of our, uh, you know, peaceful. peaceful pe- yeah, yeah, it's not going to be that. That's over. Now this attempted coup has failed. And so everything is like on total, like, it's like we're in Beirut. We got to worry about a car bomb. We got to worry. This is not what America should be. And so that anxiety and grief, like you say, it permeates. Even people who go, we, I wouldn't say I saw this coming. I knew 
there was a real danger of letting uh, a poor leader into our country. And, and I felt like we were under poor leadership. Did I think this specific thing would happen? No. I'm totally flabbergasted and very, very saddened by it. But this is the rhetoric, the, the, the chipping away from day one of our faith in journalism. Yeah. Journalists, he literally said journalists are an enemy of the state. That is like fascism 101. It's what you say. The people who quote 1984, by the way, are saying 1984. This is 1984 because our president's being taken off Twitter. Read 1984. You need to read 1984. It's a very misquoted. It's the people who love to quote the, the concept of what they think Big Brother is need to read it, what it is, what it actually is, what fascism really looks like. Part of it is chipping away at people's faith in the institutions. Yeah. Because then they'll believe whatever you tell them to believe. They'll except, say, except only, the institution that you lead. Yeah. Right. The only the only people that can be trusted is what I'm telling you. Yeah. Whatever I'm saying to you is truth. Whatever they're saying to you is fake news. He did that for years. So when you chip away at that, when you chip away at the sanctity, going back to 2018, going back to the the primaries where he ended up winning the nomination, he was saying these results are going to be fraudulent if I don't win. And, but they're but they're totally credible if he right. does win. So when you chip away at yeah. that and you let people believe in these falsehoods, it riles them up. So yeah, you could you could draw a direct line from that to this, but it still blows your mind when you see somebody throw a brick through the window of our seat of power and storm it. And then you see cops. There's videos of these cops just kind of like milling around, almost like directing people. I don't know what happened. Some cops, you know, there's one cop that that diverted them away from the Senate chambers. Yeah. They had the crowd chase him because they were still senators that hadn't gotten out yet. You know, there are others. This is the disturbing thing for me. By the way, every time I see the images, I do get very angry. And we were just there last year with my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the loss of life is the most important thing. But that, that image of someone taking a chair or whatever they're taking and breaking out windows in a historic like there's i know it's just a building but like the disrespect of the thing that they claim they want to make greater Mm -hmm. like the and i gotta be really careful here we don't want to get into whataboutism and we don't want to get into false equivalencies it bothers me immediately, and we talked a little bit last week. I talked in that message about opposition-based thinking, which means I cannot talk about anything without referring to the opposition and what they do. Yeah. So we can't talk about what or, – or it's a real quick turn. Well, yeah, I wish they wouldn't have done that, but Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. All the protests, all the violence, all the this and that. And literally and, – and I've said this to some people in my life a lot, and I guess I'm just wired this way maybe – like, I want to hold my own tribe, whether that's the church or whomever, I want to hold myself accountable to my own stated values. That is the first and foremost thing that we do. Yeah. If we're not doing that, yeah. in fact, gospel-wise, by doing that, living that and, being in, and, and making that your primary aim, you're supposed to win your opponents. But when they see the life... Mm-hmm. 
that you have the peace and the reasonableness and the tolerance. These are all, by the way, in the Amplified Bible versions of as in Ephesians, you know, let your gentleness be known to all people. Like that, all that's supposed to be evident by the way you do your own ideology. Right. And if you can't, and I just, I do, guys, I love everybody and I love you well enough to tell you the truth. If you listen and like, it just, at every turn when we talk about violence by this, this Trump brigade of people, if you're, if you literally can't go 10 minutes without saying what about Black Lives Matter or what about the liberals, you know, what about the left? Then I just say, man, listen, I've, I love you to say that's not a gospel reaction. I'm not calling it sin or something. I'm just saying you're never going to get anywhere. And it, it's it's a, from a, a even a cognitive or an, an intellectual place. It's just I'm not going to call it lazy. It's just diversionary, though. It's yeah, it's you're never actually dealing with anything. Yeah, it's like you need to lose 40 pounds, but you are you refuse to ever start exercising because the other person in your house never starts exercising. Yeah, I used to have a joke about that. I would say I tried to lose 80 pounds last year, but it was too hard. But now my resolution is just to stand next to fatter people. (laughs) That's kind of what we're doing. We're saying, well, yeah, we have extremists in our group, but if we call them out, it's like a linchpin. Like I have a I have a lot of conservative viewpoints. And I have a lot of more, more progressive viewpoints that live within my psyche. I can do that. I can really be a centrist. Yep. But if we don't call out people who call themselves conservatives that have no heart of the movement, true conservatism, this is not it. Going and destroying your own capital because you want to overturn an election and undo the votes of 80 million people is not conservatism. That is not any in any way. So if we don't call it out, if you're a conservative and don't call this out, you're undoing the thing. You're, you're cutting off your nose to spite your face. You're saying, yes, my values matter, except when I lose, and then I can trade them away like that. It, it, it takes strips their value. Well, you're just doing the Spanish Inquisition at this point. Yeah. You're literally going into, quote, unquote, win people to Christ, and you're torturing them in order to get them to confess Jesus. This is Spanish Inquisition, right? And we all go, oh, this is horrible. Why? Because torturing people is against being with the values of Christianity in order to get them to become Christian. When we take by violence something that we claim becomes then more righteous or integritable, we deny righteousness and integrity. Right. You can't, you literally cannot do that and win. You can do it, but it's a, it's a, it's a scary place. And let me just say this, Johnny. Because, again, let's just talk about all the distances. I'm not – again, I'm not out to tear down Trump today. I'm not out to tear down I – mean, we've been saying a lot of these things a long time. I'm hoping a listener who – I have friends who voted for Trump who felt like – but they, there was a lot of tension for them. Right. They're like, I mean, I, I don't know what to – I've been a lifelong conservative. I've – you know. I, I really care about a couple of these issues, although I do not like the way this guy handles this, 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 and this. You know, I struggle with far leftist st- things, and I just, you know, I could live with that. Like I could live with the tension. I don't, I don't know if we're really talking to. I mean, I, quite honest with you, I, I don't understand all of the conclusions everybody makes, and I don't. You know, I just mean like, okay, that's where you live, but you had a process. For those who act like. If you ever feel about any politician or any man or woman, to be quite honest with any yeah. human, <laughs> no, no, no. This is all correct, all right. The other side is all wrong. This is all good. This yeah. is all Only evil. our side would cheat. Their side would never. You know, only only their side would cheat. Our guys would never. Oh, They're yeah. the bad guys. 
we're the good guys. You know, we're Luke Skywalker. They're Darth Vader. Like that is when you fall into. That's definitely you've made an idol of your party when you yeah. uh, of your political thought. If you believe that, don't even do that with your pastor. Like, don't oh do yeah, with anybody. Don't. yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you can't. Like that just means like you need more sources maybe. But yeah, you guys, I'm telling you. I mean, was same proverbs. One seems right until another comes and states his case. Like, of course, it seems right if you only hear one side. But you, you're supposed to hear two sides but, yeah. because there's wisdom in many counselors or another version would be, say, safety. There's safety in hearing multiple sides. Well, and that's kind of honestly part of what this comes from for us. You know, you and I have had tons of conversations going starting from February, March on with uh, the the racial upright, the racial uh, uh, unity issues and the in the racial unrest we've had these conversations and you've had conversations i've had conversations when you speak to uh i did an event with lecrae who politically aligns differently than a lot of people that were at the event that we were at and he his experience of america as a black man is just different and you know it's just easy to just sweep that under the rug and say like, well, look, all I know is, and you look at the people who are in your circle and you just go, well, look, this has to be right. This is all, when you let those other voices in, you go, oh, there's other perspectives based on what you've seen and what your experiences are. This is a different America to you. And, you know, a lot of our, our black brothers and sisters have seen the way that we have covered for a lot of Trump's shortcomings. Yeah. And they're, they've been deeply offended by it. Yeah. As he said, good people on both sides and wouldn't come out against uh, the Proud Boys. And, w- you know, he just accepted any and all, anybody that would say he's a good guy, he would accept their, uh, you know, their endorsement. Yeah. And he would refuse to decry things. That was a signal to a lot of our black brothers and sisters. And that damage is going to be hard to undo. Yeah, and so it's just it is what it is. And by the way, for our listeners, I've seen the rabbit hole media wise of some of those things Johnny just referenced, and I do understand the White House did make statements against those things, and I do understand that I think Trump at one point made a statement, but when asked directly, in a moment, it was rare that he would, even if he had to well, po- for political the, expediency, he had to do it later. The rioters, he said, "Go home, we love you. You're special." Right. I mean, come on, John. Yeah. This whole idea. And that, that was after they destroyed him. This whole idea killed, yeah. that just, I wish, I had so many friends. I just wish he would get off Twitter. I go, he's showing you who he is on Twitter. Yeah. I mean, if you go to my Twitter and you read it and you go, yeah, but I bet Johnny's not really. A, I promise you. This whole idea, like, retweet doesn't equal endorsement. If I retweet it, I endorse it. I'm not going to even make any bones about that. I would not, I would never, I run my, people, some people think that I'm a big enough comedian that I don't even run my site. They go, do you even run your social media? Of course I do. Guys, I run Johnny's social media. And if media. I share it, if I say it, it's how I felt in that moment. Now, there may be things I've tweeted years ago that I'd be like, man, I don't even feel that way anymore. Sure. I mean, nothing that you could probably cancel me over, but this would be like, oh, I've, I've changed my viewpoint on that. But this idea that like Trump is one thing uh, behind closed doors. He's this, uh, he's this rational well-reasoned person. Uh, but when he gets behind Twitter, he becomes this other person who's just a loose cannon. No, I don't buy it because it doesn't make sense for any, you would not give that grace to anyone else in your life. No, you wouldn't. You certainly wouldn't give it to your political opponents. No. I mean, if we really did right now, cause you know, we have 
lived our lives in a conservative world is, again, we're holding our tribe responsible, talking about the gospel. If this was reversed in a truly a crowd of Democrats with Biden flags scaled the Capitol steps, killed police officers, broke out windows, brought in zip tie handcuffs to take hostages, put a noose on the lawn and chanted, hang Mike Pence. We don't even have to change the name, by the way, of who they said. They turned so fast on their own Republican vice president. Right. The moment, because the president turned on him. Yeah. So the moment. Well, they, that's the transactional nature yeah, of how Trump does done. business, though. The minute you're a not of use to him, you're a loser, you're a fool. He never liked you. Or he goes, I don't even barely know this guy. There was people who were in close aides to him that were being fired in the early days of the cabinet. Yeah. Where he'd be like, I don't even, I don't even really know that guy. And be like, well, here's eight. Here's eight photos of you with him at, you know, press, press events. Well, look, it's like we, we brush it away, but that transactional notion of how he leads, it, it should bother every one of all political stripes. And the, the, the crazy thing is, so for me, it's not that a guy could be like that that's really gotten to me. It's that millions of people can support it. That's what has gotten to me. I can even handle that. It's that the church, by and large, mm-hmm. supported it. Um, all usually in the name of opposing abortion. Yeah, or, and we're going to get Supreme Court justices and all that. Now, yeah. I want to make this is a, a key, key point for me. Sixty so far courts have ruled on the election. Okay? Mm-hmm. The Supreme Court has twice ruled in a way I don't think people understand because there's all this like, oh, the Supreme Court is not going to touch this because they don't want the bl-. The Supreme Court does not take cases when they read the preliminary offerings of whatever the merits of the case are. They don't take cases that have no merit. And right. It's like being laughed out of court. No, they can write a dissension. One of the justices can say, I wanted to hear this case and yeah. we didn't. When the entire Supreme Court twice now has turned down challenges to the election with no dissensions, and let's not forget everything everybody wanted, that is a conservative majority court now. Mm-hmm. Like, why are we not listening to the thing we said we wanted the most? Right. And those other 60, by the way, many of them were Trump appointees. Yeah. Across states, their state and federal courts. Different kinds of cases, every single thing, and not a one has found an ounce of fraud. So my question really, really is this. Do people, Johnny, and I'm not – I mean this really. I'm not trying to insult anybody. I'm trying to understand. Do people really believe that 60 judges across multiple states, both federal and state-level judges, including the Supreme Court – Many of these judges, conservative, and many of them Trump appointed, who wanted Trump to win, apparently. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Do we really believe that they somehow have all conspired together? Basically, the entire judicial branch, which is there to protect us right now. It is there constitutionally for just such a time as this, when Congress and the executive branch don't know what to do with this, and there's 
cries of fraud and elections are the foundation of the whole democratic system, a free and fair, a trustworthy election. And when that comes into into question, it is the courts that hears the merits of those questions. And if all the courts, there's not, not one, I take it back in Indiana, one did rule that the Indiana Secretary of State did not have the authority to extend the deadline for mail-in ballots by three days, but just because the legislature had extended the deadline for the election by three days. Mm-hmm. She thought that that was, a, you know, well, you extended it for all voters here, the week you said for voters here, and they said, well, without congressional, excuse me, without legislative approval from your state, you did not have the right to do that. I think that netted about 25 or something hundred votes mm-hmm. for Trump, nothing significant and nothing nefarious. Right. It wasn't like some dubious plot to overturn it. It was like if I was a secretary of state, I would have done the same thing. Well, you've already told me now it's legal to, for me to extend the election three days here. I would assume I can extend the election three days, whether it's mail-in or any other kind. Yeah. So, okay, fine, one. But the 60 have all – none of them have said fraud, including the Supreme Court who says there's not even a case for us to try a fraud case. Like it's not even there. Well, and that's the thing too. What you can say on Capitol Hill – in a congressional hearing in front of your constituents to look like that you are really uh, a Trump supporter and you're a true Republican, you can say all kinds of crazy things like this was stolen from us and we're going to take it back. But you can't say in court anything that you can't prove. It's perjury. So that that's where it stops. So you can rile everybody up, which I believe is wrong and pro is is the roots of this sedition. It's because you have spread a lie, a big lie yep. that a lot of people believed and it inflamed them and they thought this was 1776 all over again. They're patriots because of you. So you've spread this lie, but you can say whatever you want on the to, to in other words, political rhetoric is one thing, but when I go and speak before a judge, he's going to want to know what I can prove. And they can't prove any of it. Uh, Lindsey Graham, who desperately wanted Trump to win, has been an ally of his on the on the Senate floor uh, during the when they were doing the hearing of whether or not uh, uh, what was the, the, to the hearing object, to, to object, object yeah. to the uh, he said he goes show me one they can't find me one case of a dead person you know like he was, they tell me ten thousand dead people or twenty thousand uh, you know uh, immigrants or whatever illegal immigrants show me one he goes he goes I've researched these things this is a guy who wanted him to win. Yep. So this is somebody who's been in the tank for the guy ever since, you know, four years that he's been in office. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say five years because for the first he was one of the guys who spoke was so outspoken against him that he'll destroy. Yeah. He said, if we let this guy in, he will destroy the Republican Party and we will deserve it. But then once Trump gets in office, he's totally in the tank, bootlicking the whole way. And now at the age of 78, he's decided to find his conscience and be like, you know what? I researched all this. There's no cases of fraud. I can't vote this way anymore. He's on his way out. He's probably going to retire. So it's just this thing of like that convenience of conscience should disgust people of every party. Yes. Like there, there's a – by the way, I said this. My dad and I argued about this. And it's, this is not about me not liking Trump or liking Trump. That's what I said last week. The moment a man makes fun of a POW, mm-hmm. the moment a man brags about – Attacking women. Now, it'd be so easy here for, again, false equivalencies or whatabouts. Well, but look what Clinton did. Or look, I didn't like that either. Right. In fact, we all spoke out about that. We all said that character matters. We impeached him. Yes. Like, of course I didn't like that. And by the way, I didn't agree with the violence 
at, at Black Lives Matter rallies when people attacked buildings. Of course not. Of course of not. Course, and I spoke out about that too. Like it doesn't mean I don't listen to what they're saying about issues of race when a man has been executed in the street by police and he's unarmed and, and in handcuffs. I think you're going to cause some trouble. And I think that that trouble is understandable to some extent. But as a guy who went to a rally, I can tell you I did not go destroy anything, and most people around me did not either. But there's, yeah. that's just historically there's always a base element. I think there's a lot of I think there was a lot of peaceful people at the at the Capitol last week too. I'm sure who were either caught up in it or they were tourists. They had a kind of a tourist mentality. Well, isn't this wild? Let's all let this take a couple vacation days and go do this. And what the problem with that is. You're aligning yourselves with people who came down there with zip ties and ski masks. And you're standing next to them. Yes. And, and, that, and you're letting their rhetoric bleed into yours. Yep. It, 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 you've got to distance yourself from that now. This, you this, have to now yeah. come out and uh, you have to come out now and totally identify who you are. If this is, this is about being a true American here. This is about the future of our democracy. So to keep going like – to keep calling these people patriots, I have no, I have no uh, part with that. George Washington would disagree with you. Yeah. Like that, I can't, I can't help it. Abraham Lincoln would disagree with you. Like the patriots would say, oh my gosh, like no. And, and guys, understand this, and I read an article about this. The Christians, it's, it's, it's not that they were, again, there may have been some people there just because they really somehow believe this was stolen. Now, I can't. I can't believe it regardless of whatever outcome. Justice is not based on outcome. You cannot – this is again goes back to the election. If you say if I lose this, it's rigged. If I win it, it's not. Yeah, he didn't contest any of the states he won, did he? That's not. That's not <laughs> right. That's not justice at all. Yeah, like there's no foundational thread that moves through those two things that decides what is actually right or wrong. It's all based on outcome. Like, and that should that should be a problem for people when they hear that reasoning. I just I just think that. You know, somebody we were talking this week about, well, Jesus ignored politics in his time. I've really been going down that, that thought and that thread because I think it's really important for any pastors who are listening. And we're, we're really, you know, me and Andrew are talking a lot about right now what is right, how do we lead people well. One, if I see a brother or a sister who I think is caught in deception or idolatry, as I have been caught many times, whatever it may be about, then it is a loving thing to continually, gently point out the truth to them. Um, I mean – Again, there are people who are still claiming that Antifa actually attacked the building when they have ninety people in custody. Yeah, who are known and know their names, know and their they, names, and they yeah. went out there and bragged about it on purpose, like they yeah. wanted to be known. So, like at some point in time, your source is deceiving you, and you need to stop listening to them. Same right. thing we say about false prophets. You know, I mean, I thought, I'm going to follow up with some people who sent me prophecies. You know, yeah. Like, okay, you prophesied that Trump was going to win. You prophesied that we're going to have bread lines in December. Mm -hmm. So here's the deal. May not be a bad guy. He's just not, he's not a good prophet. And he needs to probably go do something else or ask Jesus to forgive him. I don't know. I'm not mad at him for it. I've made mistakes myself. You deal in spiritual things. I get it. I mean, there's things in my ministry. Go back to prophecy school. <laughs> Whatever it may be. But <laughs> you may the, have an honorary degree. But the last thing you need to do is keep listening. Like you need to stop listening if those things now – If it, it, I heard a guy say it today. Like if they're now making adjustments to it, well, I think what I meant was – guys, at some yeah, point yeah. in time, the key to prophetic things are did it happen. <laughs> but the whole Jesus and politics thing is – I started thinking like the politics of Jesus' time were the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They were the political leaders. 
They were the ones answering to the Romans. Yeah. Herod was a Jewish king under Roman rule. Let's not forget. So like there is a there is a political side to that that was also religious. And Jesus absolutely, and this is where I am at. I'm okay with, like you said, uh, I got to be honest with you. I didn't vote for Obama. I, I can't say that for supposedly the most liberal socialist leading president in history. Uh, I can't say that those eight years were that bad for me. No one came and got my guns. Right. I'm just pointing out what happened. No one came and got my guns. No one told us we couldn't preach the gospel. No one shut the church down and no one like. We did not become Sharia law. We didn't. And yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't. He didn't. He didn't turn out to be uh, a Muslim terrorist who was going to make sure that the whole country got nuked. None of those things, like everything that the false prophets, I'm, I'm calling it that on purpose. We were told that yeah. by tons of people and then it didn't happen. And I think it's important. And some of this is just my justice center of one. I want to say, I told you so, but a lot of it's just like, this is how you learn. You go back and say that did not hold. That was not right. Whatever thought process or yeah. sources that I have used up. If those things don't prove to be true, mm-hmm. then I need to make an adjustment and you don't have to hate them. But let's let's not just go. Well, I'm too deep now. If I, uh, how much would I have to apologize for? That's the gospel. You spend your life in repentance. That's a good thing, not a bad. It's okay. Yeah. To say that, so I th- it's crazy to think that the videos that are being bandied around by people who are otherwise like clear thinking adults. I, I'd never heard of this guy until two days ago. But my buddy Marty, he goes, my sister in law sent me this video saying there's a ban, the ban on parlor uh-huh. is going to trigger World War III with Chinese laws that say Trump passed, they say Trump passed banning Chinese servers. So in other words, the server implications of parlor being banned, not just the First Amendment, that is going to trigger World War III, and it was going to start yesterday, Wednesday. We're, we're recording this Thursday. So we were already supposed to be in nuclear war with China by this video. And this, this guy's videos on YouTube have millions and millions and millions of views. He has millions of subscribers. And there's this guy named Simon Parks, and he's I don't know if he's a Q guy, but he's in that I know the real thing, don't watch mainstream media. Right. So, so Marty goes, all right. He goes to the guy's website, which is linked on his YouTube channel. Go to my website, simonparks.org. He goes to the website. He goes, I go to his website. This is the first three lines of his bio. And this is not like, oh, I've heard this guy's a Looney Tunes to try to discredit <laughs> this is the him. One he wrote. This is the one he wrote. <laughs> yeah. This is a quote. Simon Parks is a lifelong experiencer of aliens, shadow people, elementals, and UFOs. These include mantid, mantis beings, draconis, reptilian, feline, small and tall gray creatures, crystalline beings, and other creatures that can't be identified. Simon was an elected politician and served a full term of office. It goes on to say... He fathered two alien children whom he visits quarterly, and his wife is not happy with the relationship situation. But since she's also experienced aliens in real life, she condones his activity. Wow. That's who you're listening. That's the video that your fellow whoever friends on Facebook are sharing. You need to watch this guy because you like one of his ideas that like doom and gloom is coming because of this or this. Yeah. Consider, please, please consider the source. When someone is a clear lunatic, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> please help yourself to some like rational thought. You and if you have even if it's a CNN story, but they have actual like noted journalists behind it. I get it that all these channels editorialize way too much now. Sure. 
and there are bends to this stuff. Well, I know I'm going to get the liberal point of view if I go to here, and I know I'm going to get the conservative view if I go here. But we're talking about a guy who's experienced mantis creatures, and he has alien children that he visits quarterly. And you think that his view on whether or not we're going into World War III with China should be shared with your church group. Yeah. Please stop. And if you've been – here's the thing. It sounds like you're shaming and I, this is what's so hard for me because you and I are talking. We have we have friends, we have family mm-hmm. that they they do listen to sources like that. Yeah, and it's like where do you what do you do when you're doing that? This is when I think the gospel's the only way. Like if you can't ever admit you're wrong and ever be teachable, not like a no every once in a while. I mean, like as a lifestyle. Then it's no wonder you keep going deeper and deeper. Now, for me, it was enough that we didn't get attacked by China yesterday. Therefore, this guy must be wrong. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But apparently, that's not enough because he'll just. Maybe that makes me a mantis person, though. <laughs> Maybe I'm a friggin' uh, reptile. Well, you can always just spin something else. Yeah. Like, at some point. Maybe his, because he released that video, it staved it off. They, they saw us coming. <sighs> there was a guy. <laughs> there was a guy. I believe his name was like Jeremiah Johnson. Yeah. Have you seen this? Uh huh. He is a charismatic type yeah prophesied that trump would win trump didn't win and this is just fascinating he issued a repentance mm-hmm. he did what we should do when we make a mistake he figured out that we went too far you know and he He's said i was wrong. killed for it he didn't just re- repent of the right. prophecy he said guys this has been too because after the attacks he's like wow i see now this was not the right we were wrong the whole time about all of this. We went too far. We, we mixed nationalism with faith with this and that. The whole thing, we did it for political power. We did it for, you know, yeah. fear mongering, all this stuff. He said, I expected pushback and people to cancel me and all that. He said, what I didn't, this is the words I read in his post. What I did not expect was the absolute satanic attack from Christians that I've received. He goes, I've been threatened with death now like 80 times. Mm. I have been cussed out by evangelical Christians on a level I never thought possible. And it just exposed to him. And he even said, I'm going to be a little less political now. I'm going to be walking out with people I can be accountable with. And I'm going to try to grow and be different. I don't know a lot about the guy. I'm not saying, I mean, I hate the damage that was done, right. you know, by the, by the prophecies. But I mean, as I heard someone say today, a bunch of people spoke for God and God wasn't really saying that. And we have to have that moment to sit in that and say, Hey, that's a problem. And now what are we going to do differently? And if we just continue in the patterns, you know, then, then it's, a, it's a problem. And on the political part, and I wrote some stuff this week about passivity. You know, one, I thought about this. What should I've been asking Jesus? What should I do? I mean, who, who am I? And, you know, and this is, kind of goes to race a little bit too, is, is social justice. This is a social justice issue for me. But I realized that like uh, I thought about this idea that there's – if I have the entitlement or the luxury to disengage from something – that I have other, there are other believers in the world or in this, you know, in my sphere even, yeah. who don't have the luxury of taking a day off of that. So my friend Reggie Dabbs got pulled over last year by a cop somewhere in the Midwest on his way to speak to 60,000 people and he got searched because he's a black man driving through that little town in a nice car. That happened last year. Mm-hmm. Someone used the N-word on a plane with him earlier this year. Like, he doesn't have the luxury as my brother in Christ to disengage from that issue. So I might, and I, I do, I encourage you guys and I've encouraged you, Johnny and myself, you need to take a day off of social media. Yeah. There's no doubt. You need to take some days off of that, but I'm not going to take a day off of gospel justice. 
Like that's something I, I can remember. I don't need to own it like I own, yeah. like Jesus owns it. I just need to, mm-hmm. I, I, I can stay engaged. So for me right now, the social justice for me, the best I can do is to speak to the church and to the people in community. And I'm having conversations and going, listen, man, I love you. Yeah. But if you're caught in this and, right. and all your sources are leading you to a place of fear, anger, that in some universe you think what happened last week was somehow okay, yeah, then I got to love you enough to say, listen, dude, and here's the, here's the five scriptures, and this is what I'm going to say about my video for, for whatever. Great. You may disagree with me politically. If you're a believer, can you please – because I will, I will receive it. Can you please show me how I use those scriptures out of context? If that's not, if you say the Bible comes first, right? Then show me where I misuse the Bible, and we'll grow together. Mm-hmm. And if you just skip that part or don't have anything, then I don't really care about the uh, the other stuff comes second to me anyway. Yeah. You know, I can make a great historical argument, but it comes second to this one. And so I think that that's one. Uh, you're about to say something. Yeah, when you were talking about the privilege to be able to take a day off. It shows true privilege when you can just take a day off from an issue. Mm-hmm. It shows how insulated we are. That came out, I remember there was a tweet I read in March or April, and it was from a, a black mother, and she said, some of, she's reading some posts from her white friends that are saying, I'm having to explain to my kid about all this. I wish the news would stop with all this. I'm having to explain to my kid about racism and <laughs> yeah. hatred. And she said, it's fascinating to me. I, because she goes, I, didn't, I don't have the privilege of waiting till my kids get to a certain age before I explain to them that there's people that are going to hate you just because of the color of your skin. Like, I can't take a day off from that. They have to know yeah. the world that I'm bringing them up in. But white parents get to be like, oh, I wish the news wasn't so violent. Right. Like, real violence could be perpetuated, perpetrated on my child because of their color, the color of their skin. And I have to tell them and warn them to be careful. And so, meanwhile, we get to feel put upon just because the news is so glum. Right. It's inconvenience. Like, that's the definition of privilege. It really is. So, yeah. It is. And God's plan, by the way, to stop that violence is that I would prefer and bear the burden of one another. Like, that's that's the plan. Yeah. I would go be the church to those people. They would be the church to me. And together, that stuff would stop. Mm -hmm. You know, um, that he said, well, I wish God would affect this. He, he is affecting it. He sent us, <laughs> you know? So I think, I think that's, that's one in terms of, and this is just a couple observations, Johnny, on this whole censorship issue. And I'm not trying to talk down to anybody. I just, I just want to point it out. Private companies, this is by the way, the same thing as refusing service to somebody, which is something a lot of people in the racial world yeah. have supported. You know, you get the right to, to refuse service or you get the right – and I'm, I understand you all probably seen this. Everywhere. You get the right to not bake a cake for someone whose ideologies yeah. are different than yours or whatever. You should have that right to refuse. Like these are private companies and I understand that they comprise a, a great uh, deal of voice in the society. They world. do and they're monopolies and I don't love that and they are publicly traded. So that makes it a little more of a gray issue. There are nuances to it. To me, it's about the violation of terms. It is. You you, you did still sign a contract. Yeah. yeah. You, Even though no one ever reads it. You didn't read it, but you signed it. <laughs> and the deal is, to me, no one's prohibiting anyone from saying, like the president can go make a speech anytime he wants. Yeah. He's got a microphone. Go make a speech anytime you want. Number two. But he can't shout fire in a theater. He can make that speech if he wants. You are, this is the key to freedom of speech. This is now this is now my political science side, okay? Mm-hmm. The key to freedom of speech is you are free to say whatever you want. You are not free from the consequences of what you say. Yeah. Okay? That's why we do have 
sedition acts and other things. You are not free from the consequences of each. You could go to court. Someone could sue you for what you said if you did damage to them, libel, slander, all those things, and you can be accountable for that. But you had a freedom to say it. You could do it. Yeah. If someone's on a social media platform, be it Parler, Twitter, whatever, and they're actively recruiting people to commit violent acts against their own country, that has to be rooted. That cannot be treated in the same way of somebody just saying a right wing statement, right? A pro or pro or anti Trump, which we would both say is protected speech. When you when you take it into the level of like, meet me here, bring your guns, bring your gun, yeah, that is different, and it, it has to be different. If we're all, if intellectually, we've got to admit it's different. If I mean, I, I thought of it this way this week: if Al Qaeda were actively right now tweeting out. Everybody get your guns and meet at the Capitol next Tuesday at 5 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Would we not expect somebody to take action against that? Right. What is the difference? Does it really matter? Listen, it is, it is happening. There is recruiting on the dark web for al-Qaeda. And the FBI and CIA are uh, every day. I mean, for months and years after 9-11, you would read reports of like, this almost happened. Yeah, and the reason— They, they foiled a plot in a subway— a bombing in London, it almost happened, and we caught them. So thank God there's people out there like trying to root out this stuff, but now it's made its way into the mainstream, and we who are in the mainstream have to go, this is not acceptable. It's not. I mean, it doesn't matter who killed the cop. That's terrorism. It doesn't matter who attacked the federal building. Right. That's I've read the treason, they by the way. They beat a dude with a fire extinguisher, man. Yeah. No matter a- what you believe about the election, that's completely wrong, and it's murder. And some of them, by the way, were wearing Blue Lives Matter shirts. I saw yeah. one of them ripping up a, a Blue Lives Matter flag. Yeah. I saw a picture Again, of that. Again, that's just political opportunism. The minute they my, didn't serve the minute you didn't serve my purpose, yep. my cause can shift. It can shape shift into whatever I want it to be as long as I get my way. And if you're a blue life that doesn't align with me politically, you're, I'm going you're, I'm to trod you underfoot. And that, that ought to bother – again, that's not, bother everyone. not justice, right? right? And I think that – to me, I thought of this. I haven't heard this said. What I think – I could make a case. I'm not sure I could in a court of law or something. John, I don't know if you know this, but I'm not an attorney. No. Yeah. Not a sponsor. <laughs> John Driver, LLC. But this whole freedom of speech thing, to me, a president using presidential powers to convince – I mean from, from the Oval Office or from the White House press room repeatedly for years and years telling you that every other media source cannot be trusted. Right. You can't believe your ears. You can't believe your eyes. Except me. And right there, in some ways, you are denying freedom of the press. You are literally bringing – like the press has a right to report. Well, and that's what causes these fringe – elements to come out because people stop watching what they call the msm the mainstream media they think you're an idiot if you follow mainstream media but the stuff they follow is guys like this simon parks character yeah and so there's no vetting on him you know at least i can go vet anderson cooper i'm so telling you man guys journalism is a real degree people go get and yeah, i had this conversation it somebody. It's, it's a real thing and yeah. i'm not saying there is you're right far too much opinion there are news anchors still on all the networks like there are news anchors on Fox and on CNN who they're usually middle of the day mm-hmm. because people wait for their they wait for the opi- they want the opinion shows they want the opinion shows at prime time because it backs up your own personal biases and it makes you feel all yummy inside yeah. it just does but you know Brett Baird by the way during the election 
when everybody was crying foul, he was making his his co-anchors very mad because he oh, kept yeah, saying, yeah. hey, guys. Well, and some of them left their jobs. He goes, that's great. If that's the case, still no one's presented any evidence yet. This is far before the court cases. Mm-hmm. There is no evidence because a real journalist will do that. Right. And then Shepard Smith, it used to be, again, the guy went to, <laughs> he went to uh, MSNBC. Like there are journalists who are going to go report the news. I'm not advocating for any of those stations. I'm saying like journalism, yes, has downsides, but it's our job. It's my job when I hear a commentator to know that's opinion yeah, and to be able to hear this news story or hear the quote and maybe get that opinion and maybe hear multiple opinions, but still form one that's based off of what actually happened. So, look, if you tell me all day long, I watched a guy, I watched them, and now that it's been proven who they are, they weren't dressed up like somebody else. Right. Like, I don't need anybody's opinion on this. I'll hear it. I have an opinion now based off the gospel, based off of reason, based yeah. off of history, politics. I'm sorry you're not going to convince me that once those facts are in play. Yeah. So that that's the next one. Passivity here. There's a lot that's going to be like, well, let's just let's just move on for the sake of unity. Now, we didn't want any unity the last four years. We just wanted to absolutely right. rip. And I'm not real sure where the fire's been this whole time. There's something else. Like at the end of Obama's term, I'm not real sure that, again, I don't feel like no one, no one took my guns. No one took my religious freedoms. I am a pastor who helps run a 501c3. No one took our yeah, tax Yeah, people act like we're getting ready to enter the darkest days, you know, yeah. because of Biden's win. And like, I'm like... Yeah, yeah, I just and my parents. We either trust God or we don't, man. My, right, right. My parents went through eight years of Clinton, and I don't know they didn't come to take us then. And by the way, we may go through four to eight years of Biden, and I don't like. At some point, I go, those things could happen, but us trying to either prophesy or politically predict or fear mong about them for what reason? It's like we got to see that fear is power. Someone is doing that to get you to vote a certain way. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I don't I, – I, forgive me this is wrong, but I have heard that during the middle of all of this pushback on the election that perhaps really an underlying cause is, is the amount of money that's been raised. Well, the best part about it is, slash worst, is that it's such a gray area on what the money can be even used for. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't even have to use the money to like – like he can – literally there's no rules from what I've read and seen – on multiple stations, there's no rules on what the money can be used for. So these people who thought I'm going to help to overturn the election or put right this horrible injustice that was done because I've been told it was done, so I, I got to believe it. So here's my twenty dollars. That twenty dollars, you just lined his pocket. There's no rules on it. So it's like it's the biggest. It's it's televangelism like, almost. It's right. like what we got so mad at in the '80s. Yeah, somebody told you something and. The deal is they pr- they said remember the when they remember the Tilton thing where he said I'll pray over this cloth yeah. and I'll send it back to you and then they go to his offices this was a huge Dateline thing in the nineties they go to Robert Tilton the televangelist's office and the dumpster out back was all the cards and letters from people with their prayer requests in the dumpster and he go well what is this well we just take the money out <laughs> we take the cash or the check and then they just these they all the cards end up here like that's that's what this was. It's a grift. Listen, for me, and that's not some political take. I'm my take is on the sixty courts. It is. I'm not Both saying like, but if we're just looking at my thing again, this sounds like I'm just being uh, editorializing. Where's the accountability in the system for this money? 
Yeah. Show me the accountability and I'll take it back. I'll go, oh, well, there's – it's protect- – literally, I've not read one place where he can't just use that money to pay off his debts once he's not a president anymore. Yeah. Or, by the way – And maybe some people, you know what? He deserves it because he's the greatest president. <laughs> they'd be like – they'd totally be okay with it if they're that in the tank for the guy. But just understand something. You're, the fear that was put out produced a lot of money. And it produced a lot of power mm-hmm. because it is, it's not a new tactic. We right. get, it works. They do it because it works. Right. Tribalism and fear mongering. They're coming to get you. We got to yep. build a wall. Yep. And by the way, the, the, the tragic side of this is, by the way, <laughs> if you're conservative, in everything that they have been fear mongering for four years is way more likely to actually happen now. Yeah. Because guess what? Conservatives and Christians suddenly look like that when we take to Twitter, we are we are using hate speech, right? Threats, and that we're willing to go attack the dang capital if need be to get our way. And so now, don't be surprised when people do look at Christians and conservatives as if that's who we are. This is why I think it's important for some of us who are Christians and conservatives. Got to be, got to speak out. To speak say, out. That's and not say, me. That's not what Jesus right. looks like. Number one. This is not what, what I look like politically, number two. And I think there's a lot of those because I, I don't believe this election was stolen. And I do believe there's a lot of people who, who said enough is enough, who even voted Republican on the congressional ticket. And, right, but said, look, we lost. We can't handle this yeah. to, on the presidential ticket, which yeah, is very rare. It, yeah, it is. But, yeah, and again, I don't want people who listen to our show to think that we're just going to be – this is going to be how our show is for now. We felt like, in to your last point, that if we didn't at least – to say we this we we've made it pretty clear from day one of our podcast that we're we we are terrified of the dangers of Christian nationalism uh, on all fronts, and we've made fun of it in certain ways, and we've talked about. I mean, I talked about a, a I've talked about a show that I did in Alabama, July Fourth weekend. Mm-hmm. This was nine years ago. I remember I told you the story. So yeah. I go there. <laughs> They go, you'll go up here. You're going to do some comedy. We're going to have some singing. Oh, some singing, whatever. The singing was a quartet of dudes in three-piece suits. This is a full house of people in this church in Alabama. They get up. They start singing, God bless the USA, Lee Greenwood, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's a patriotic day. It's a very well-known song, whatever. The words go up on the screen. Oh, that's a little bit weird. That's where the worship words go. Okay, that's a little cringy. Uh, a waving flag graphic is behind the words. Oh, that's a little, okay. I'm getting like more uncomfortable by the minute. Then the people stood as though it was a worship song. And I saw hands go up all over the room. And I wanted to climb under the carpet because I'm next. Hmm. I'm next in this show. And it, it's it's that memories like that where I didn't do anything. Is the kind of thing where I go, that's the pastor today that for four years has been just being like, eh, or maybe even before. This all started way before Trump. Oh, sure. But the idea that we slipped into this coma of, well, everything's going okay and it's going our way and the justices we're getting and the whatever. So it's okay. But the minute it doesn't go your way, this is what we got fat and happy on power. We cozy, I talked about that we, a couple podcasts ago. We cozied up to power. We gave away our prophetic voice. Yeah. Because you can't speak truth 
like Pastor Pastor that we have in our own town who's very famous on Twitter and social media. He's on the Trump bus. Do you think if he did have a problem at this point, he goes, well, that's too far. He's too close. He's not going to look across on the Trump bus and be like, I got to tell you, fellas, yeah. he's too inside now. And so I, I am – I sympathize with those pastors who have to make that call now and have to try to be courageous now and say, we've, we have to speak out against this violence. We have to speak out against Christian nationalism. We got to put kingdom before the flag because they've, they've cozied up to it in their own way. I took the check that day in Alabama yeah, and I have to live with that, but I can speak out. So to, to, to my point originally, this is not what our podcast is. It's not really a political podcast. For us to just go, well, let's just talk about, you know, whatever. Let's just be goofy. We had to at least say, this is who we are and this is who we're not. And I have to be able to live with that. And so we had to say something to, to my way of thinking. No, I think you're right. And and I would say this. The same thing I said from the video. Uh, this is to our listeners whom we love. appreciate you listening. Like, when we have some questions that come in, we'll get those in the next few weeks. Um. For me, the only question, if, you, if you're really still struggling with this, help me understand how the 60 courts are in conspiracy together. Do you yeah. have proof of that? I want to know. Like if that's a thing, that, that, that's a deal maker for me. Like, okay, I want to know. That was important. Maybe there really was fraud. At first I was like, well, maybe there is something going on. I don't know. I mean I'm not out there counting. I doubted it because it's not happened mm-hmm. before. But, you know, but when 60 judges look at the evidence that can be brought and say no – I want to know that is the judicial system. It doesn't have to be the Supreme Court. Supreme Court is the last stop on a long track of justice, right? Right. So, you know, it, the court system is when you go to traffic court, Johnny, don't you have to do what he says? You can't be like, wait, I haven't, I haven't heard of the Supreme Court. Like, of course you do. Yeah. So, and you go a lot, by the way. Oh, yeah. Um, I, gotta, I really got to clean it it's up. It's that scooter racing. Um, but so that's one. And then two, for real, you know, let your gentleness, reasonableness, tolerance, patience, love, mercy be known to all people. This is just one. Put on humility. Clothe yourself with these things. Yeah. These are the scriptures. Please email us and tell me which scriptures we're taking out of context that should not be applied here. Mm-hmm. How these do not apply to who we are, not only as Christians, but also as citizens. Help me understand that. Yes, there's things worth fighting over, but there is a way that a Christian fights. And there is a thing that a Christian fights, and it's not flesh and blood. That is why the danger of these things being mixed is so difficult because these two kingdoms cannot coexist as one. One has to be smaller than the other. One has to be more eternal than the other if we act like one is our eternity. So in all, I'm really inviting that like, hey, and if you maybe your point is going to be valid and we need to make an adjustment. Like I think we all have to be open to learning here and saying, hey, I can grow. If there's something yeah. we need to grow in. So so we we say that. That's who we are trying to be. We think this is important. We think this is the gospel take, you know, to start. And there'll be other conversations because, like I said, imagine if you lived during the, during the <laughs> Andrew Johnson, you know, at the end of the Civil War and Reconstruction. Imagine if you lived during Watergate. I mean, these are we're living in something as big as those two things, I'd, I'd say, if not yeah. a little bigger, certainly than Watergate. So, you know, yeah, it's going to come up, but you're right. Every podcast won't be a full hour and 10 minutes about that, you know, kind of thing. So rest assured, we'll keep trying di- to have The fun. difference between this and Watergate, honestly, is even though there were a lot of people on the Republican side, they reached a threshold. They, they, they did. They had the hearings, and I've watched a documentary on that recently. 
and you watch these guys try to wrestle with, is there a way around what my moral compass says has to happen here? They fought it for a while. Yeah. And then eventually they were like, he's got to go because of what he's doing to the country and the faith in our institutions. He had to go. Even if he's in my party, I'm an American first. And I think that's what's got to happen in the in in all of our hearts. We have to go decide what what are we? Are we Christians? What is my what does my Christian morality say about what's happened? And even if you're an American and you're just of some political stripe and you want to say, Well, I hold to this and I, I live in this country, I want to have an opinion about this, yes. But is your opinion based on it's like you said with the judges, many of them being Republicans who it was in their best interest as far as power retention yeah. to overturn this or to find fault and they couldn't find the fraud. For them not to find the fraud, then they're going to be called traitors by someone who's so deeply entrenched in right wing politics yeah. for doing what they thought was right. That's when I lose. That's when you lose me. When someone does like with Pence, he goes, I can't overturn it. Constitutionally, it's not even my role, even if I wanted to. And there's still people who said, hang the guy. Yeah. Like what? You've lost me. And it doesn't matter if the guy telling you that he can do that. By the way, I don't know. He told us that the coronavirus is a hoax. Right. Like the number of lies, there's so many we don't even hold them accountable for it. I'm yeah. not, I'm not even. This is not a political statement. I'm saying like the number of documented times I myself have heard the president say something that turned out to be not even close to true. It's thousands. And then he goes on record to say he did know about it when he told us all of that. Right. It's just one example, but he was trying not to create panic or whatever. I mean, like at some point in time, again, it goes back to sources. He's not a trustworthy source at that point. I don't have to hate him. I don't have to. I just I'm not going to allow that viewpoint any longer to shape me. Uh, that's just responsibility. That's just wisdom. That's that's the book of Proverbs. You know, so right. anyway, well, guys, it's been a lot of fun today, Johnny, hasn't it? Oh, my Gosh, goodness. Couldn't it's... have been any more fun. <laughs> Maybe there'll be like an amazing new... next week. We'll have something. Else. It'll be like. You know, man walks on Mars or yeah, something. And we'll just found amazing. a dog there. And Cotton candy truck overflips on the highway and just it goes out. And there's just <laughs> Everyone Kids fun. run around. Oh, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> I can't wait. No, and, and so you guys send us – we have received some comments from you guys even asking us to talk about some of these things. So we hope that we can be a voice of um, – Well, we can – we're experts on our own opinion. I mean I can tell you how I feel and I can tell you how a lot of people I know feel – even the ones that feel like they can't say it. And uh, I'm like, look, I'm in a position to flush my career down the toilet. Let's do it. <laughs> so I'm speaking out so you don't have to. That's what I'm saying, people. Yeah. No. Well, and there are a lot of people that feel like they're, again, with, without a country or they're politically homeless and all that. And I just remind you that that's a, a lot of us feel that way. Uh, I think it's and, probably how we should feel. Yeah. No matter who's in office, you should be like, yeah, but it's still a little bit like I'm the away team. I shouldn't feel like the home team. Yeah. You know, it should never too, feel like the home team. Shouldn't shouldn't be putting too much trust in this. It's important. I think we should affect it better than we've been. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be more involved probably civically, uh, but from a gospel perspective, and certainly because I think that's the best way to to live out that gospel as I can. So we're going to figure that out as we go, and we'll we'll say funny things as well along the way. Well, you will. I, John, don't, I can't guarantee I'll. Don't you know, put pressure on so. me. I want to be melancholy. <laughs> it's a blast. Hey, if you don't want to be melancholy, go over to our website because it's amazing. You can go to uh, talkaboutthatpodcast.com. All the episodes are archived. You can go to the Patreon, kick in a few shekels if you feel like it. Look, yeah. 
There's no guarantees on how we're going to use that money. Let me just say that. <laughs> I don't want to be a hypocrite. No accountability on how we use the money. So we generally use that money to help uh, when we do promotion of yeah. episodes and things or we do edits or, or, or our guys have to track down the uh, troubleshooting on our Google problem. That oh, right. Seems to be resolved that. now. You know, yeah. So hopefully it's resolved. But, hey, thank you guys. Share it. Uh, leave us reviews. Send us questions. We're not afraid of hard questions as well. Uh, so you can send us those. But uh, thank you guys for listening. And, and man, we just we hope that uh, – the weeks get better and that you uh, keep your confidence in the right things when everything around us feels like it's shaking. There is something that cannot be shaken. And uh, so let's make sure we live and put our confidences there. All right, guys, you have a great week. We'll see you next week on Talk About That. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. God looks at your heart, not your gene size. Do you know the verses yet still stress over your body? Oh, I get it. I was raised in church, but I struggled with food, eating disorders, and my body for decades. I'm Heather Creekmore, host of the Compared To podcast, where we talk about all things body image and comparison from a biblical perspective. We get real about the pressure to focus on appearance in a culture where looks seem to matter most. Whether you're wrestling wrinkles or battling the scale, Compared To Who is the show for you. You'll laugh a little and be encouraged a lot. If you're ready to stop comparing and start living, visit lifeaudio.com to listen and subscribe.